The following entertainment is a production of Fluent Grace Media. What you are about to hear is recorded, edited, and produced by three guys who don't have a clue what they're doing. But it just might be the best thing you hear all day. Welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by King's Kaleidoscope. What's happening, podcast world? Welcome back in to episode number 46 of the Fluent Grace podcast. We are glad that you are with us. You have stuck with us through thick and thin. Mm. There hasn't been a whole lot of thick recently. It's been pretty thin. Pretty, pretty thin. Real thin. Real yeah, thin. real thin. Pretty much like my hairline. <laughs> but anyway, we're glad to have you back after our month-long sabbatical. That's the thing about sabbaticals. They end. So. They do. We're back at the grind, folks. <laughs> we're going to grind away for the next... 45 minutes and then we'll probably take another month long sabbatical <laughs> we had to tell our servers at church one time because we did a covenant part like our member meeting and we've had a few people that were like we want to just take a, a season of rest from serving and one of our elders got up there and was like this thing about sabbaticals folks they come to an end <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's called quitting right that's right we're not quitting the fluent grace podcast is not quitting folks we're going to keep rolling as long as we can roll this thing. Uh, but we do have some, uh, this hey, big news, big things to talk about here. The final, the third and final member of our roundtable here has finally gotten hitched. What, what? The Colin, congratulations. Tell us all about, about it, Colin. Thank you. It, it was a wonderful day. It was a uh, extremely hot day, and we decided to get married on that one extremely hot day. I will say it was a very warm day. <laughs> <laughs> my famous quote that went with the heat of the day was, I told my dad, who was my best man, I said, when I took Katie, my wife, uh, and turned to face uh, the, the pastor, I'm in my full tux, the sun is shining directly at me, and I could smell the heat coming off of my tux. Like, you can smell it burning. I could smell my suit burning. So, there's your mental picture slash sense overload of how the day went. Um, what a great day. Specific. But you're married. But we're married. Yep. So, we are now all married around Welcome this table. Welcome to the club. Yeah. We're all married. God, feeling old. It is. We are old. Uh, but good times. Uh, you have gotten to enjoy the married life for a month now. So, congratulations. Yep. Uh, we now have nothing big to announce for like, mm. I don't know, for a long time. Till maybe a year from now when Colin's baby's here. So yep. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Nine months or so. Yeah. Or we can like go find somebody else to add to the podcast and, hey. you know, we can do that. We're taking applications. Speaking of like marriage and, and such, you know, we talked last time, we're coming up on 10 years, myself and Tyler are, and uh, so we had talked about what we're going to do for 10-year anniversaries. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had an offer made to me. Does it include me? It, it can. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it needs to. Well, it can. So here's the deal. And I said that we would discuss this on the podcast. 
Um, the offer is we can go to uh, Thailand and have free lodging for our 10-year anniversary. Hmm. Hmm. They buy the plane tickets? Well, see, here's the deal. My response to this was, if Southwest can get me there. That's right. <laughs> my points are only like, with Southwest. That's right. If I can either transfer points or hop on the old blue and red and orange jet, mm. I'm there. Mm. Right? So, can't but, beat Southwest. Right, taking, taking flights out of it, how would you feel about a 10-year anniversary in Thailand? Mm. I think I would be game for that. I don't know if Heather would be game for that. No, she's out. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Hawaii or Thailand. I mean, does See, Thailand the deal, have beaches? Though. I don't even know. Oh, what? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Here's the deal. You probably have to stop in Hawaii to get to Thailand. Mm. So you could hit like a like double dip. Hold on. Look, Tim, I don't get 15 weeks of vacation <laughs> like they give out here at Grace, okay? <laughs> How many Sundays do you get off? I get four a year. Dude, that's like an entire month. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing it's funny. We were just talking about it. I think about doing a sabbatical next year. So, is that in addition to your four weeks off? Yes, it is. How can wait? How can you just think and decide? I want to take additional time. So we off. get after your seven years of full time uh, pastoral employment, you can take up to a three week sabbatical. So, how often? Uh, after you do your first one, it can be done on a year-to-year basis. So with our sabbaticals, they ha- they're very structured. It's not like, hey, I'm going to take a sabbatical on Gulf Shores. <laughs> I took a sabbatical to Disney World. Yeah, yeah that, it, that's, it's, not, it's very clear that it's not vacation. So okay. we have to have it outlined, what we're doing, um, how we're seeking the Lord and growing. So, And is it like a local thing? Uh, yeah, it would need to be a local. I, th- yeah. I'm, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Interesting. All right. Well, Tyler's time off is about to jump from like four Sundays to <laughs> That's right. seven in the span That's of right. a year. That's right. I'm going to do my sabbatical, work it out, and then just take all four Sundays. So I'll see you in eight weeks. <laughs> all right, boys. That's Upon... like the next like quarter of your budget. You're missing an entire budget section. I've never been good at keeping budgets, Tim. That's true. We're not talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, Colin, you got something? Yeah, upon Google research, this is why you should visit Thailand. Oh boy. You visit Thailand for the tranquil beaches, mm. exotic cuisine, magnificent Buddhist temples, <laughs> and colorful <laughs> cultural history. What exactly would the colorful cultural history include is what I want to know. I don't know, but that's what Google says when I when you Google why visit Thailand. We could um, we could throw eggs at the Buddhist temples. That's you loving. Have, that's loving. <laughs> you will have many options. There are forty thousand temples across Thailand. Holy moly! I read in the Book that's of the Mormon that you're supposed to throw eggs at. Road. <laughs> Do what now? That's the same number of churches as are on Hargrove Road. <laughs> True. Wait, what does Mormon say? The Book of Mormon says it's okay to throw eggs at Buddhist temples. Does it really? Uh, Somewhere in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, one of these days we need to talk about the old Book of Mormon. I feel like that'd be an interesting I also read in the Book of Mormon that all you do in hell is weed eat. (laughs) So you you want to avoid that place like the plague. (laughs) This guy. (laughs) 
Oh, goodness. What are we talking about today, Tim? Well, hey, it's been a month since we've done this. we got to have the old Fluent Grace rant sesh. Oh, rant sesh. And now, for everyone's favorite part of the show, the part where Tyler complains, Tim grumbles, and Colin just sits there and laughs. It's time for another Fluent Grace rant sesh. Enjoy. Goodness. Bring it on. Somebody else is going first this time. Colin's up, baby. I go think for Tyler it, needs to go first because he Tyler, always just Tyler like Tyler never leads off. He always sesh. just like picks some some he, element of what we have said and just makes he up something. Piggybacks off yeah, of yeah, yeah. everything. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler you are leading sesh. this one off. Rip on something. Rant sesh. Can I rant? Can I rant about the city of Northport? Absolutely. All right. My rant sesh today is going to be um, specifically to the city of Northport, specifically over in the West Circle community where I live. So. Here in Tuscaloosa, we've gotten how many inches of rain would you say in the past couple of weeks? The same number as our Buddhist temples in Thailand. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So just a ridiculous amount. And so the other night, Saturday, our neighborhood flooded, and it was literally up to my neighbor's knees. Like they were wading through the backyard. We had um, the lake at West Circle for um, about 24 hours. Um, but it all boils down to the city of Northport. They won't dig out the ditches, man, and fix the and fix the drainage issue. So, this is my rant sesh. Northport government, if you're listening to this, fix the drainage issue in the hood. Sincerely, a hood dweller. Do you know who the mayor of Northport is? Um, is it Herndon? I don't know. Is it? Herndon? I don't live in Northport. Yeah. Oh yeah. You live in Northport. Yeah. Are you in the count? Are you technically in Northport? No, I'm in the city. All right. Who is a uh, who's the mayor of Foster's? <laughs> you have a mayor? Heck, I don't know. <laughs> is that clumped in with Tuscaloosa? So that's my rant sesh. All the rain, which rain is it is what it is. Can't really control that. But I think what Lord, we have enough of it right now. Um, you could hold off on that. Dude, my rant sesh is the fact that. Tyler has not put down his microphone since we started, and I'm going to have to edit all this junk out. <laughs> that picks up that noise? Yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was only when I was shaking give, keys. Give him a minute. He'll start shaking Goodness. keys. His phone will start ringing. <laughs> Nobody has any idea what you just said because all they could hear was... <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's podcast etiquette with microphones is a 0. 0.0. I think I have ADD. Like, if I'm not messing no. with that, my let my feet are like knocking on the this floor. Hey, shake your leg. Moving. Yeah, just shake it away, man. Hey, gotta move. Hey, whenever uh, Carly was doing like a step challenge, mm-hmm. you know, with your Fit Watch or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. you know, try to get however many steps. I kid you not, she would like we'll be driving somewhere. She would put her watch on her foot, and her legs just over here bouncing the whole time. Dude, she got so many steps. <laughs> they won the challenge. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe we're all jittery. Well, she was doing this on purpose. Oh, she did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. She's not. She was trying like to that. get steps. She's not normally like that. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. So if you would just like put your Fit Watch down on your foot while you're oh, doing that, oh man, I can get you some. I can get you, you some. Can get uh, some reps steps, in. man. Yeah. Tyler Lafoy just went 14 miles today. Goodness, that's right. Stayed in his <laughs> office all day. That's right. Didn't do a thing. <laughs> he bounced off the wall for 14 miles. <laughs> it might be because like I go pretty much every day to downtown and get a espresso coffee drink so it might just be the espresso trying to get out 
<laughs> one of the ways it tries to get out anyways. It might be. So, what's your rant sesh, Colin? Besides getting married. <laughs> Marriage is amazing. There's no there's no rants there yet. <laughs> um I, I feel like y'all went like or at least Tyler went went way local. Yeah, mine went pretty dark. He went dark and <laughs> dark. local. You just peered into my heart so, for a minute. I'm going the complete opposite other direction. And I'm just going to say it straightforward. This is a rant session. Tim may have to edit, but we're just going to hit it straightforward. If you are a company and what you do, fill in the blank. Just, just plumber. Yeah. Plumber. Right. Just Talking focus plumbing. on focus on being a plumber okay. and doing your job well. Okay. If you are in media specifically and you do like podcasting, podcasting, yeah. just, just stick right. to podcasting. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, basically just stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. You know, there's no mm. other way around it. There's no other way around it. Mm. That's my rant. I could fall. I could keep going. Who are we, are in, we who, throwing in? Are we throwing out lane? any like name drops as to who does this poorly? Yeah, who got in your lane? I mean, specifically Major League Baseball. Mm. Mm. Just play baseball. Mm. Mm. Oh. Real simple. You see, my first thought was LeBron James. Yep. Uh, play basketball. Mm. Hey. Yeah. Play basketball. Well, he can't do that well anymore either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's because he like pulled a leg hair or something, and oh, so he's on the injured list for the next Flop. month. Yeah. No, that's a solid, uh, solid thought. That is uh, highly frustrating. Stay are you own. are you referencing at all any of this like uh, umpires checking pitchers for banned substances? Have you been seeing oh, yeah. those stories yep. about how the players are just mm-hmm. not having it? Yep. What are they taking? Roids? No, no, no. Here's no, no, no. here's 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 you another rant. Like, <laughs> you can use pine tar to hold the bat better, but now you can't use anything to hold the baseball better. Pi- what is pine tar? <laughs> Tree sap, yeah. So they <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, they get a little maple syrup on their hands. And Jemima, ah, I picture the y'all seen the Disney movie Little Giants. He's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're banning pitchers from using any kind of illegal substance to put on the ball to help them get extra grip. But yet the ba- the the batters can put whatever they want to on their bat to help them have grip on the bat. I feel like professional athletes are getting a little too soft, if you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Like, in, I t- turned on a baseball game. I don't really care for baseball, but I turned on a game the other day, which is funny because we always go to a baseball game whenever we go. That's true. Which I enjoy. In baseball's defense, I enjoy live games. I just don't like watching it on TV. Yeah. Um, so, but I noticed these dudes had on these face shields. They had on armbands, like, in case they get hit in the shoulder. Like, whatever happened to just getting hit with a 150-mile-an-hour baseball and just taking it? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Well, that is a good, you know, this is not a sports podcast, but I would fully agree with you because what happens now is if you're wearing any kind of protection, all you got to do is stick your arm out and get plunked and, exactly. you know, automatic base runner, and First you didn't place. even feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like tattoos. Yeah. If you're going to get a tattoo, I mean – I would have a million tattoos if I could be put to sleep and then get them done. <laughs> but the whole point of the tattoos enduring the pain. <laughs> I mean, I think we could probably make that happen. You let anesthesia be allowed. In Colin, a you knock them out. I'll call the. Yeah, yeah. I'll call the guy. <laughs> I will get. I will get face tattoos if they allow anesthesia. This guy's getting teardrops put on. <laughs> you can call me post. Just watch. Phone. <laughs> 
I'll get the face tats. Somebody be checking up on Tyler when he goes on his sabbatical. That's all I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> he went in regular and came out post phone with face tats. All right, here we go. What are we talking about today? <laughs> here we go. Hey, I haven't ranted yet. I've got to rant for a minute. And, and here's something that has happened already on this podcast that I'm going to rant against. And it is people who shorten words in the course of conversation. Mm. Shorten words. I.e., the rant sesh. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a short word. everything. Yeah, because it's cool. Now, right, in our context, it's a whole lot cooler to say rant sesh than the rant session. It just doesn't get it. But, I, I mean, you have folks that use this with all kinds of words. Like, uh, take the word conscience, yeah, and then you just cut it down to conch. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life. What? I've never heard of or that. Or, like, tattoos, Uh-oh. and they say tats. Get some tats. Or... Come on, bro. Yep, there you go. Right? I, I mean, you hear this all the time, and you're going to start hearing it now. Is this where we get undies from? Possibly. Mm. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Now, you know, there are some words where that's acceptable. Okay? Like, bro, I'm cool with bro. That's fine. Because you're not going to go up to say, hey, brother, come on. Right? It doesn't work. <laughs> but some of this other stuff. All right, here's a game. I'm going to give you a, a, a noun, and you give me the short form of it. <laughs> you ready? That sounds real dangerous here. <laughs> here we go. Number one, book. He picks up freaking four-letter words. <laughs> I was going to say, let's, let's go to like a two-letter word now. Uh, hippopotamus. <laughs> hippopotamus. Well, clearly nobody wants to actually say hippopotamus. Exactly. So they go hippo. All right. All right. Um, but I'm talking about like regular words that don't sound stupid using all of. Okay. Dinner. Yes. Okay, that's a good one. So if you got folks trying to be hip and cool and it's like, hey, I'm going in for din. Just just stop. Oh, you're going to the den? (laughs) Exactly. That doesn't make sense, but that's what people are doing. I guarantee in the next week you'll notice this three or four times. Mm -hmm. Folks, you'll uh, be in a conversation with somebody. You'll hear it on the radio. You'll see it on TV. They just take a normal word, and they cut off half of it. I don't know if they're, like, tired of talking, and so they figure saving, like, three letters helps them out or what, but it's horrible. It's all you people that are cutting off the ends of words. Don't do it. Well, it stems from the texting world. We That's have true. taken what we have taking okay, which is what four letters, and taking it. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was two. All two no, <laughs> okay o? was O K A Y. Oh, okay. okay. And we have literally condensed it all the way down to one letter. And that is another rant K, of mine. The K. If you send me a K. Oh, I'm, I'm, like I'm coming upset. to burn your house down. I'm upset. Like, what is IOW? I get that one a lot. <laughs> I I've heard a different. I've heard in what? What is it to you? I drawing a blank. I've I've heard like in other words. Um, yeah. Oh, never mind. It's I O. In other words, I don't know. In my in my opinion, I M O. I get that one confused with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I M A O. Easy. What is that one? <laughs> In my arrogant opinion, no. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. But anyway, you get the point. When we start cutting down all this stuff, it's terrible, and I hate it. Also, sub rant: if you ever send me a K in a text message, 
I'm not happy with you. Second that. Rant over. Mm. Next. Since you've stuck around, you get a very special thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, since you're still here, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Fluent Grace Podcast. Thanks for listening. What are we talking about today, Tim? <sighs> Welcome back to the Fluent Grace Podcast, everybody, <laughs> where we are talking today. We're looking up here on our uh, whiteboard. We did whiteboarding. We did. We whiteboarded this bad boy. Yep. We have never gone to such depths mm-hmm. in our discussions. But we're going to talk today a little bit about something uh, that is becoming more and more of a uh, relevant discussion, and that is deconstruction. Uh, I, I would love to first hear what is y'all's idea of the definition of that. So for those who are listening and have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, why or what does that actually mean? Well, deconstruction, immediately that takes way too long to say that word, so we're just going to call it decon. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Ah, decon. That's what I'm talking about. That sounds like a pest control. <laughs> it does. Go get the decon. <laughs> Got to get rid of them skeeters. <laughs> I digress quickly. Anyways, what are we going to say, Colin? What's your definition? Decon. Well, deconstruction in the Christian area. Is that what we're, that what we're talking about, Tim? Yeah, that is. Yeah? Yeah. We're not that's talking about big machinery. That's okay. About, uh, I just want to make sure. Or opposed to the pagan area. Yeah, the, the Christians, <laughs> the opposite of Christian. Deconstruction paganism is a good thing. We'll talk about that next week. So I'll just go short and quick and to the point. I think it's a just a breakdown and a full examination of one's belief system and the, just the ins and outs of it. Yeah, there's my one liner. Go for it, Tim. No, I want to hear what you had to say. <laughs> Well, specifically, I want to talk today about the positives aspects <laughs> of construction. Oh, <laughs> A little inside joke there, <laughs> folks, for those of you who are not. I thought we were talking about one thing today, but Tim wants to throw a curveball in there. Um, so, definition of deconstruction. I would say it's taking a, from a, a Christian worldview, it's taking a theological framework and filtering it through the lens of culture, our surroundings, um, but also, yeah, so taking a theological framework and filtering it through culture and other worldviews. Hmm. That's an interesting way to describe it. That's pretty good. Um, so here is, uh, for something to be deconstructed, what first has to have had happened? <laughs> I think I put too many words in there, but you know what I mean. You have to do a little con. Struction. That's right. So for something to be deconstructed, it was first constructed. So in the case of what we're talking about here in a, um, a Christian context, it's referencing someone who has at one point been a follower of Christ, who has... Uh, grown up in church, who has claimed to be a Christian, and for whatever reason, at some point, 
has decided that that is no longer for them, that they are no longer going to follow Christ and that they are going to do their own thing for whatever reason. And we can get into those reasons here in a minute. But ultimately, that's what we're talking about here. I've also heard it uh, referenced as ex-evangelicals. Y'all heard that one? Mm. So you got evangelicals referencing those who are part of the church, following Jesus, have been saved, however you want to describe that. But someone who is no longer identifying uh, with that class of people, they call themselves the ex-evangelicals. Clever enough, right? Mm -hmm. Clever enough. But anyway, so that's what we're talking about today. And then we're going to look at it from the negative sense, right? Correct. But we could do the positive sense. We could. Because just a quick tease for the next time we do this, there is a positive way to view this, and we are going to do that next time. In a couple minutes. Next time. (laughs) <laughs> right, so come back and join us again next time for the positives here. Um, and here's your teaser: Tyler is so excited to talk about the positives, so y'all be sure to tune back in. That kind of makes me sound a little pagan. <laughs> <laughs> He's so excited to deconstruct you. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> so anyway, come back. Uh, who knows? Maybe Tyler's so excited about it that we can get everybody back in the room sooner than like a month. Anyway, so we want to talk about it just for a little bit. Um, Talk about how we should, uh, one, view others who are going through this process, how we can uh, love them and um, engage with them relationally during this time, uh, and two, um, what our response should be if we you know, feel these ways, uh, if we have questions, doubts uh, about our faith. Uh, about following Christ. So anyway, that's where we're going to um, go uh, the next few minutes. So anyway, uh, I'll throw this out. Have you guys heard, I mean, it's been, I feel like it's been in the news fairly regularly over the past year or so about different folks who have been high-profile Christians, I use air quotes with that, who have claimed to walk away from faith in Christ so have you guys read those stories, heard those stories, and what has your initial response been to those? Um, I have. I guess my response would be, I mean, without getting into a bunch of detail, would be the more culture gets progressive, the more we want to bend to be like culture. So therefore, the scriptures are pretty bl- black and white. There, There is some area where it's like, you do have freedom to, to kind of explore, but like it's pretty black and white on a lot of stuff, um, especially some of the stuff that culture wants to prize today. And so deconstruction happens when the influence of culture becomes more alluring than, than the Word of God. So mm. it's really at the core of it, it's approval of man. I mean, that's what it boils down to, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, looking at it from maybe a little different viewpoint, when you ask the question just – or my initial thoughts. My initial thoughts were, as a guy who's just coming into a ministry role um, on a day-in, day-out basis, I think about just the different temptations and the different challenges that I've gone through as a man, and I can't even begin to think about um, if my life was viewed and tempted and placed on an extremely high, like you're saying, in quotations, uh, popular Christian. Um, And just if you think about it from a, this sounds weird, but 
do you think that guy or gal is getting tempted more by the devil or do you think the person who is not sharing their faith and living more out loud for God is getting tempted more um the devil's gonna the devil knows I hate to break it to y'all um he knows that these people that are sharing and making an extremely big impact for God he knows that those are the people he's going after if that makes sense um so I feel for people that have that are in those roles and then I feel for even more uh, like the people Tim was talking about that has fallen from their faith because of that. Well, and the reality is that regardless of your theology, right, because some folks, <clears throat> and I don't think we're going to get into this uh, here, but right, some folks would um, say that you can lose salvation. Other folks would say you cannot. And there are theological reasons that each side would claim that their side is correct. So we're not getting into that part right now. But the reality is that at the foundation of this whole discussion on leaving the faith is doubt. And I really like how Tyler's connecting it with this idea of culture because, I mean, what happens is you see the trappings of the world and you see how the world operates in certain areas, and you're like, oh, hey, that sounds pretty good, or that feels pretty good, or that looks pretty good, or whatever it is. That makes sense to me. Uh, and so then you begin to doubt your faith because of that and because of the influence and the pull of the culture. And so that's at the root of this whole pandemic, if you will, right? This is nothing new. This is in since the beginning of time type thing. And as we'll see here in a minute, right, this is in Scripture as well. But um, at the root of all of it is this idea of doubt. And uh, so where I'm getting at is, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you have been following Jesus faithfully for 50 years, or if you have just recently heard the gospel for the very first time, doubt is something that affects everybody on some level. And so none of us should think that we are immune to the root cause of this idea of deconstruction. So, I, you know, Tyler, you you have something that's about to jump out of your... Yeah, I, I think a simple way to for me to think about it, deconstruction in a negative sense, is you let culture drive your doctrine instead of let your doctrine drive your gospel culture. Mm-hmm. And so I think a biblical worldview says you let your... You let the scriptures drive your doc, your your culture. You view everything through the lens of scripture. Um, and where we get off the path is when we start letting culture speak into. Um, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying neglect your culture. Treating the scriptures rightly is to also think about your culture, but never let your the culture dictate what you see as truth in scripture. I guess it was one. I hope that makes sense. It makes sense in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, sure. Sure. Because, I mean, I think all of us, I mean, you can think right now about a handful of issues in our culture today that are completely in opposition in every way to the teachings of Scripture. And you, those things are accepted in our culture as being permissible. They're accepted as being encouraged even. Because, hey, if it makes you happy, just go for it. And so at the root of it, too, is a 
elevation of self to a level that is extremely unhealthy, uh, to a level that is godlike. So we're feeling the influence and pull of culture, and at the same time, we're accepting it, and we're elevating ourselves, our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings to a level that only God should occupy. We are not the arbiter of truth. Only God is. Which means, for those who are unsure what arbiter means, (laughs) it's not up to you to decide what is right and wrong. That's not your job. You are not created for that purpose. Uh, You cannot do that. And I just think about, uh, my brain thinks in metaphors sometimes, so thinking about um, you as a person and compare yourself to a tree, okay? How I do that often. There you go. Yeah. How rooted are you in your faith? Uh, if a brisk wind blows you over, you may need to question how rooted you are really in it. And so I, connecting it to culture, I see so often just people being blown around from this to this to this. Well, I believe this this month, and I believe this the next month. Dig into who you are. Dig into what it really means. And the more, if you do it for real, I mean, I think all three of us would agree, you d- you dig into true Christianity, you will find a good root system to connect to. You will find that living water to connect to. Um, you're not just going to be blown around carelessly in the wind. Yeah, I remember some guy telling a, using a metaphor about like building a house on sand and a rock. Um, yeah. Talking about sort of the same thing. He said, you don't want to be tossed to and fro by the waves. So I was thinking of some dude that told a story about like a guy that went out to plant his field and he started chunking seeds all over the place. And uh, some place where you, where you toss the seed, it just got uprooted pretty mm-hmm. quick. Uh, other place he tossed it, it just got roasted by the sun. And then there were a few seeds that fell on like the, the good soil and, and grew up and you know, grew as they were supposed to. Interesting. Those Interesting. Guys, that guy could tell some good stories. I guess so. Are we talking about the same guy? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> we are, folks. Hey, it's Jesus. Long hair. I actually, I, don't, I doubt he had long hair. Long hair would have been super hot in the Middle East. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Dude had a weekly standing appointment at the barbershop. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Get white Jesus out of your brain, okay? <laughs> the dude, he was probably buff and... I mean, he was a carpenter. Come on. Yeah. He had to lift up. And probably didn't have long hair. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't think he had long hair. Yeah. Hey, we'll find out one day. There you go. He might um, have dreads for all I know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Dude, how cool would that Jesus be? Jesus with dreads. <laughs> might, we dread my hair now. <laughs> Oh Why yeah, but uh, in heaven. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is where this is where my thoughts go. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Colin met like some dread making Jamaican that you know every day, every day for us. No, I, it's important to uh, remember though that uh, this is not a new thing with the social media age that we're in and with the news media age that we're in. Right? It, it's almost like they make it sound like this is something new. Like, oh my goodness, people are falling away from the church in record numbers, and something must be going on, and oh no, yeah, right? I, it, this isn't new, folks. We're hearing about it more, but then again, we're also hearing about pitchers in Major League Baseball trying to put pine tar on yeah. the... I mean, what Jesus had 
thousands of followers. Then they fell off down to 12. One ended up yeah. stabbing them in the back and yep. ended up with 11. Yep. And shoot, even them, they all spread out and ran away. It was just himself. So. Well, yeah, uh, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I wish I had the reference. Again, if we actually were good at this, we'd have looked this stuff up beforehand. But, you know, where uh, he's talking to his disciples after, you know, a bunch of them left because he gave some hard teaching. And I wish I could remember what it was, but I can't. So a bunch of, you know, the disciples left. He turns to the 12. He says, hey, are you guys going to leave too? Yeah. Remember what I'm talking about? Mm. And what Peter says, hey, we're, we don't have anywhere else to go. Mm. Right? I wonder if Jesus um, was like, this is awkward. <laughs> you know? He was just about to raise his hand and be like, yeah, I'm out. And then, you know. <laughs> no, I'll stick around. <laughs> yeah. So Peter said, uh, where else do I have to go? Uh, do you all remember what the rest of that phrase was that he gave? I don't. I don't remember. He said, you alone have the words of life. Mm. You've got the influence of culture on one hand, and you've got the words of Jesus on the other. And so what Peter says is, Jesus, your words are the ones that bring life. We do not have life apart from you. And so, yeah, we could run off and go follow the crowds and follow the culture and do what's easy and comfortable and makes us feel good, um, but ultimately that does not lead to life. And the same is true today, right? You can follow Christ. It's hard. It's not easy. There are things that you will be ridiculed for. There are things that will not make sense. There are things that will give the appearance of being broken and painful and all these things. But in the end, if we're following Christ, his words are the ones that have life. And so think about what he says for the one that stays faithful to him. Where's our citizenship? It's in heaven. Right? And you've heard it said that for the one who's following Jesus, this world is the closest to hell they'll ever get. Yep. Those are words of life, you know, because in Christ, this is the worst it's going to get. Now, it, can, it may be pretty bad, but we have an eternity to look forward to uh, with Christ. I was looking for a passage, but I can't I don't remember where it was. we got time. Just scan through the whole Bible. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I'm, yeah just let me flip through that real quick. Yeah. Genesis to Revelation. Mm. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, Culture appeals to the flesh. And I, it's somewhere in Romans where talking about life in the spirit versus life in the flesh. God, I can't. I, th- I thought it was Romans 5, but it's not. I don't know. Go look it up. <laughs> Google life in the spirit and life in the flesh. It's somewhere in Romans, that passage. Oh. If you find it, Tim, read it. Well, so also another passage uh, that speaks to this is Lamentations. Mm. How about that? Some Lamentations. Yeah. What are we going to lament about? <laughs> well... Jeremiah lamented about his poor lot in life, right? The dude had a rough life. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're uh, going to go preach a gospel. Nobody's going to listen to you. They're actually going to want to kill you. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he says this. Well, uh, Lamentations 3. Again, go read it. I'll just start reading a few verses. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his, that's God's wrath. He, God, has driven uh, and brought me into darkness without any light. Uh, he has made my flesh and skin waste away. Um, he has walled me about so I can't escape, blocked my ways with path of stones. He's a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughing stock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. Uh, he has sated me with wormwood. Right. Goodness. <laughs> Hey, doesn't that just make you want to sign up at the VBS to go follow Jesus? Mm. Bad stuff. 
right? And this is the life that Jeremiah is called into mm-hmm. by the Lord. And so if anyone has grounds to say, hey, here's how I've been brought up following the ways of God. It hasn't turned out well for me. This is too painful and too tough. Uh, peace out. I'm going to go try something else. I'm going to go back to plumbing school yeah. or you know, play in the whatever the professional sports team was of his day. Right, Jeremiah could have a very valid argument there. And I think a lot of times that folks who want to proudly claim they have deconstructed their faith or they are part of the ex-evangelical movement, right, some of this stuff is probably true of them in some form or fashion. They have come across really hard times, and they are unable to reconcile how a good, loving God can allow this bad, evil stuff to happen. Or they have questions about Scripture that are unable to be answered. Or whatever it is, right? Bad stuff's happened, so they just say, no, I'm out. I think that if you de- deconstruct, uh, we can talk about the positive next week, but you need to ask the right questions. The right question mm. is not, why does God allow bad things happen to good people? The question should be, why does God allow any good to happen to bad people? That should be the question you should start with. Yeah. Because then it flips it upside down, because then you view any good as a grace. Because yeah. Scripture's pretty clear yeah, yeah. that we're like just rotten and gross. <laughs> Which comes back to the idea that this whole problem is one that's focused on self. Yep. Whatever makes myself feel better, that's what I'm going to pursue. And if, hey, if God's not making me feel good right now, I don't need him. And it, I, I think, I love how you use Jeremiah. Jeremiah, in his letter, I pulled it up. He had such a radical dependence on the Lord and the commission that the Lord gave to him, even though it was a life of, in the truest sense, suffering, it was still a delight for him because he, he says it in his letter uh, in twenty chapter 20, verse 9, he says, uh, There is a in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. The commission that the Lord gave him, he couldn't keep it to himself, even though he knew he was going to be. I mean, think about it. Like he preached the gospel and he rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected. And yet, hey, this is all I can do because he's worth it. He got to the point where he said, I have forgotten what happiness is. Hmm. Yep. So if you take those two things together, you know, the passage that Tyler read and then that statement right there, following God, you will not always be happy. But our culture says your happiness is of utmost importance. That's not the reality of following God. Now, you know, we could get into a long discussion about, you know, happiness versus joy versus following the flesh, following the spirit, all these things. But for right now, for our, for our discussion here, we need to be real careful when we try to elevate our own personal happiness above the Lord. Uh, and above his plan for our life. You get down to verse 21 of uh, that chapter in Lamentations, chapter 3. So after Jeremiah has spent 20 verses talking about how rotten his life is, uh, he gets to verse 21, he says, But this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Verse 22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. So the dude is able to say in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his being rejected, in the midst of his lack of happiness, all these things, he's able to remember that the Lord's love never ceases. And I think that's where we need to be able to get to, that no matter what the pull of culture is, no matter what the temptations you know, come against us, man, at the root of it, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Or, as Peter says, Lord, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. It's not going to be easy. There will be things that don't make sense. There will be things that come into our life that don't seem like they are of the Lord. Right? We can't reconcile them in our mind. But hey, guess what? Like, we're finite creatures who can't understand all things. Not to open up another can of worms, but we hit on this about every week, or at least I try to. The world is going to pull the verses out of Lamentations there at the end. And that's all you're going to see, and it's, it feels good, and, it, and the, he's, he's been serving the Lord. But don't take those verses out of context. Think about what Tim just talked about in terms of context on how terrible the times were. It was not good, but yet that was his response. So there's my point there. So let's take that and apply that to our context right now. Uh, Think of our season um, of life. Think of our culture. Think of our world. Generally speaking, I mean, we have seen a decline in people who follow Christ in our country. I mean, we've seen a decline in the apparent pursuit of the Lord. It's a tough time. Uh, There's persecution happening all over the world. I was reading an article about just persecution uh, in China and how, man, it's tough over there. But even in those hard times, and even when the world seems as, as if it is turning away from God, and even if it seems as if people who were well-respected followers of Christ are now turning away from Him, this is not a surprise to the Lord. It's not like He is up in heaven like wondering, my goodness, what's going on down there? The reality of verses 22 through 24 is still the same. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to the end. That doesn't change just because stuff's happening is not good or is bad. So that's, man, that would be my encouragement to anybody that's listening that is really struggling with doubt and is like, man, the Bible doesn't make sense or this circumstance doesn't make sense. I get it. (laughs) It's okay to ask questions. Yes. And dialogue. Yes. I mean, Abraham, Moses, Jonah, they all wrestled with God. And some of them actively ran away from God. (laughs) Jonah. Jonah. Moses. I mean, he's just angry in the the fish and, like, cursing. But what does he do? It ends in worship. So I I read um, uh, this statement. It said, uh, doubt your doubts. I think a lot of times we have doubts, and we're like, oh, man, those doubts must be valid, and there must be something here that I'm missing, and I'm going to follow my doubts. Well, hey, how about you doubt those guys? Instead of using your doubts 
as the measuring stick for Scripture, like Tyler was saying earlier, and take Scripture and use it to measure your doubts. Um, look at the folks who have struggled in Scripture and who have gone through tough times and who have questioned the goodness of God and see where they ended up. That would be my encouragement to anyone who is listening and is uh, dealing with this, is wrestling with this. Uh, man, we know it's tough. I've, I've known folks who have gone through this and are going through this. Uh, some have, uh, the Lord has graciously brought them back to himself. Others, at this point, he has not. And that's a tough place to be in. It's a tough place to observe others going through. But may we land in the place where we remember that the Lord's mercies never end. So, that being said, next week we're going to get to Tyler's favorite part. (laughs) The positives. The positives. Because Um, there are some things that need to be deconstructed. Absolutely. A lot of things need to be de- deconstructed. And there, hey, there's some pretty uh, high-caliber folks in Scripture that did some deconstruction of their own. Uh, yeah. You want to hit us with a few of those just as a tease there, Tyler? Um, let's start with Jesus. That's not just yeah. a Sunday school answer. Hey, you can't get much higher He's than that, He's the man. OG deconstructionist. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was a deconstructionist. How about that? How about that? Uh, so we're going to get into that some next time. I bet he didn't wear skinny jeans, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, anyways, next week, deconstruction, part two, the positives, where Tyler is going to get all excited and we get to talk about Jesus. Yep. And the Reformation. Tease part two. Two of my favorite things. There you go. <laughs> Wrap us up, Colin. It's the Colin hosting the Guinness World Record. Did I win? Did, did I get one? Uh, well, if you're going to deconstruct, you got to have take a lot of notes. So, this week's Guinness World Record. Most sticky notes placed on face in 60 seconds. Without the sticky notes falling off, after your 60 seconds is up, all the sticky notes must stay on your face for 10 seconds. We tried this in middle school youth group. I was going to say, are we doing this with someone who is like a nicely or a nice freshly oiled face? Are we talking about like <laughs> woolly mammoth beard yeah. face well, or are we, what are we beard, talking about beard, here? Beard face wouldn't work good. Yeah, I don't think beard face would work good or feel good. Um, we need a big face. Yeah. A big smooth face. Yep. I'm such go. such as is n- such as none of us have. Exactly. Not not shaving the beard for this attempt. <laughs> so I'd say Colin will not have a beard next week. Um, I'm gonna. So go what's your with... guess? Uh, first, you have to guess what one of our middle schoolers got to, and then you have to guess what the actual record is. You have 60 seconds. You can only place one at a time, only on your face. They must stay on for 10 seconds after the 60 seconds. You have to put it on yourself. You have to put it on yourself. I'm going to say your middle schooler's got 50, and the world record is 120. Good guesses, good guesses. T-Dub? If that is accurate, I would suggest that we submit this person's face to be the Guinness World Record largest face. (laughs) 
120 sticky notes is a lot. Yes. That's like one of those fat heads you hold up at a you know sporting event. Yeah. But what's more impressive is that they would have to get two on in under a second, one at yeah. a time. Off the pad, onto the oh. face. Two of them in a second. There is no way. Uh, and goodness, if a middle schooler could do 50. No, nah, it's not happening. I'm going to cut those numbers in half. I'm going to say a middle schooler can do like 12. And I'm going to say the record is like, 42. Tim was definitely much closer. Yes. Much closer. Tim with the W. Let's go. Um, I think our middle schoolers got like 16, maybe 17. In 60 seconds? In 60 seconds. Hey, shout out middle schoolers. You guys uh, did more than I thought you could. That is weak. (laughs) You can do better than that. (laughs) And the actual record is 68. 68. That's still a lot. I think yeah. you can beat that. <laughs> 68? There ain't, there's no chance. Mm-mm. No chance. I tried it myself, and I think I got like 21. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're doing this next week. So. We'll bring some sticky notes. All right, I'll Tyler bring some Brandon. for you. Tyler's doing this next yes. week, folks. I'm not committing to this one. Uh, Tyler's doing this one. So, But then again, he'll be so amped up on talking about Jesus and the Reformation <laughs> that, man, he can do anything. Yep. And uh, I'm bringing uh, – the world's hottest chip for Colin and Tim to eat, <laughs> and we're video it. They've already committed to it right here, right now. <laughs> That's a big negative. <laughs> nope. I have not committed to anything. Nope. Other uh, than the fact that this podcast episode is over, I will commit to that. Yep. So we are done for the day. Two hours later. <sighs> 58 minutes later, actually. Wow, so there bad. we go. Came under in an under an hour. Um, <laughs> appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully you stuck around with us this long. Tune back in next time to hear us talk part two of the deconstruction discussion. Uh, I think we've, have we mentioned on here how our podcast has started being hosted by a new platform? Talk about that. We're on Apple anymore? We are on Apple. But it's now being hosted by anchor.fm. So go check it out, anchor.fm slash Podcast. And you'll get to see our new home for the Fluent Grace Podcast. Still on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, all the things. Still under an hour? Still, I'm trying to get us to an hour. That's why I'm just kind of vamping a little bit. Oh, okay. Just kind of talking. Anchor down. Anchor down. There we go. Vandy Baseball. Shout out. Still (laughs) home. Still not using illegal substances. That's right. God, y'all are awesome. That's it, folks. Peace out. Until next time. Deuces. We out. Later.